The text for the sermon this day is taken from Philemon, which you heard a little bit ago. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As was mentioned a little bit ago, this is one of the shortest books of the Bible. You heard all but like four verses of Philemon. The only verses you didn't hear were basically the, the farewells that there's really not a lot you could get out of that in terms of a sermon. I'm sure there's some theologians at the seminary that could do it, but I don't know if I could. But when we deal with Philemon, we have to confront an elephant in the room. And that elephant is, this simple reality, is what is the relationship between Onesimus, so the whole letter is Paul is trying to write to Philemon about this man Onesimus. So what is the relationship between Onesimus and Philemon? Onesimus, yeah, is his slave. He is a slave to Philemon. So we have to kind of confront this issue. And note that Paul doesn't either, he doesn't condemn it, he doesn't condone it. He has sent this man back, though, to be, he could possibly return to being a slave. And he's not telling Philemon, oh, you shouldn't be having a slave. Well, here's the complexity. I don't know if you realize this, but the Apostle Paul is not an American. The United States, in fact, had not been discovered yet. They don't know it exists yet. So this is not the slavery we are familiar with. This is a different form of slavery. The slavery that we are familiar with as Americans is, as we know, of blacks were purchased from Western African countries, brought to this country, and they were treated as less than human, treated as property, and they're exchanged back and forth for the purpose of slavery. That form of slavery is condemned by Paul in the scriptures. You can actually find him right against it in 1 Timothy. But this type of slavery is actually the kind of slavery that was common in the United States, well actually we weren't the United States yet, in the colonies prior to black slavery. And this was a slavery you maybe heard of that some Irish found themselves in. And this is where you became a slave because either you lost a battle, you owed somebody an ex a huge debt, or you were a criminal. That was the type of slavery. But just as it was in the early days of this country, it was limited to five years. At the end of five years, you were set free. And in fact, you even made some money during your slavery. It was enough money so that when you were set free, you could go and buy your own property. That is the type of slavery that is going on here. And so the situation of Onesimus, we don't totally know how he ended up in his slavery, but a very good chance it is that he owes money or he was a criminal. Either way, he has a debt that he owes Onesimus owes a debt to Philemon. 
And so he is enslaved until for five years, basically paying it off. And, but he has fled. So this is the situation. And Onesimus has ran away. And he's found himself in prison. And he's met the man Paul. And during this time, he becomes a Christian. He becomes a confessor that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so now, Paul is sending Onesimus back, bearing a letter. Paul serving as Onesimus' advocate, serving as his intercessor. He is sending Onesimus to his friend Philemon. Because Paul has this relationship already with Philemon. And so relying on the relationship he has, he is sending him forth and hoping for the grace, the mercy of Philemon that he would let Onesimus free. To treat him not as a slave, but as a brother. That is what Paul is doing. So there might be sometimes a question, why does Philemon end up in the New Testament? Because, in fact, when they were first putting, deciding what books of the Bible to put into the New Testament, Philemon was actually held into some question. Primarily because it was a personal letter between Paul and Philemon, whereas most of his other epistles are like the Corinthians, the Thessalonians, it's written to a group of people instead of an individual. And so the question is, so why did they keep it? Hopefully you caught it while I was talking about the relationship between Paul, Onesimus, and Philemon. Hopefully you caught the language I was using. Because you see, the relationship that is going on is an image. It's reflection of the reality that every single one of us is born Onesimus. Every single one of you is born a slave to sin, a slave to death, and a slave to the devil. And unlike, and this is actually where this, this is actually where the distinction of slavery is helpful to understand. Remember, in the case of black slaves, they were kidnapped. They're basically taken away against their will and forced to do this labor. In the case of Onesimus, he is in his situation because of his own guilt, because of his own failings, his own decisions. So the same is true of us, is we are not some helpless victim. We are slaves to sin, and we are willing slaves. We have made those decisions, and we keep making those decisions. We make the decision to lie. We make the decision to be angry, to be bitter. We make the decision of our own sin. In fact, we are so enslaved to our sinful nature that on our own, the only decision we can make is sin. That is how far gone you are on your own. But you have an advocate. 
Your advocate's not the Apostle Paul. Your advocate is Christ our Lord. And so he sends you bearing the word, bearing a promise, bearing a mark, the mark of baptism, the mark of faith. He sends you to the master, not Philemon, but God the Father. And he sends you and says, whatever debt he owes, charge it to me. Now, in the case of Onesimus, there are some that think that maybe he might have even stolen from Philemon. We don't actually know that for certain. But Paul does say that if he has, charge it to my account. You can also hear the same thing that Christ sends us to the Father and says, whatever, sin, whatever debt they bear against you, whatever debt you have against our Heavenly Father, Wherever you have transgressed his law, Jesus says, charge it to me. No matter how great it is, charge it to him. And he purchases it, not he frees you. He pays your debt, not with silver or gold, but with his innocent suffering and death, with his blood shed on the cross. And so you are sent bearing the marks of our heavenly, of our Lord Jesus. And you stand before the Father and he looks at you and he does not see a slave. Instead, he sees a son, a child, an heir. He does not see any of your debt. Your debt is paid, paid for by his son. And so you stand free. You stand free from your debt and a child of God and an adopted brother of Christ. That's the first reason that this text is here. And that's kind of the biggest reason, that is the biggest reason, is you're seeing Paul model what Christ has already done for him. What Paul, what Christ has done for Onesimus, what Christ has done for Philemon. And see, that actually leads to the other reason it's here. Notice that Paul is appealing to Philemon on account of the grace that Philemon himself has received. And remember that ultimately, Paul, Onesimus, Philemon, they are all human beings. And Paul is calling upon Philemon as a human being, as a child of God, to love as he first loved him. And that is also why it's there. That is what you are called to do, to forgive. To forgive those who have wronged you, whatever that may be. There's a saying that, that has been said, is that we are called as Christians to forgive the unforgivable in others because God has forgiven the unforgivable in you. 
we are to bear that same forgiveness. No matter what a person has said or done to you, you forgive. Because I don't know if you think about this and realize this, but every single person that is in this sanctuary right now, you are all brothers and sisters. You are all family. Not to go to we are family. I'm sure that got into someone's head. But yes, we are family bought by the blood of Christ, united by him. And brothers, sisters, family forgives no matter what wrong they have done. Just as Christ forgives you no matter what wrong you have done. There's no sin, there's no crime that you can commit that he will not forgive you. His blood has done it, and so may we, living in that forgiveness, living in that hope, living as free children of God, may we share that same grace with those who he has placed in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. The great peace and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you in the one true faith, the life everlasting. Amen.